This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Yavar Murad. The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Duma. Chapter 13 The Hundred Days. Monsieur Noirtier was a true prophet and things progressed rapidly, as he had predicted. Everyone knows the history of the famous return from Elba, a return which was unprecedented in the past, and will probably remain without a counterpart in the future. Louis the Sixteenth made but a faint attempt to parry this unexpected blow. The monarchy he had scarcely reconstructed tottered on its precarious foundation, and at a sign from the emperor, the incongruous structure of ancient prejudices and new ideas fell to the ground. Villefort, therefore, gained nothing save the king's gratitude, which was rather likely to injure him at the present time, and the cross of the Legion of Honor, which he had the prudence not to wear, although Monsieur de Blacas had duly forwarded the brevet. Napoleon would, doubtless, have deprived Villefort of his office had it not been for Noirtier, who was all-powerful at the court, and thus the Girondin of 93 and the senator of 1806 protected him who so lately had been his protector. All Villefort's influence barely enabled him to stifle the secret Dantes had so nearly divulged. The king's procurer alone was deprived of his office, being suspected of royalism. However, scarcely was the imperial power established, that is, scarcely had the emperor re-entered the Tuileries and begun to issue orders from the closet into which we have introduced our readers, he found on the table there Louis the Sixteenth's half-filled snuff-box. Scarcely had this occurred when Marseille began, in spite of the authorities, to rekindle the flames of civil war always smouldering in the south, and it required but little to excite the populace to acts of far greater violence than the shouts and insults with which they assailed the royalists whenever they ventured abroad. Owing to this change, the worthy shipowner became at that moment, we will not say all-powerful, because Morel was a prudent and rather a timid man, so much so, that many of the most zealous partisans of Bonaparte accused him of moderation, but sufficiently influential to make a demand in favour of Dantes. Villefort retained his place, but his marriage was put off until a more favourable opportunity. If the emperor remained on the throne, Gerard required a different alliance to aid his career. If Louis the Sixteenth returned, the influence of Monsieur de Saint-Méran, like his own, could be vastly increased, and the marriage be still more suitable. The deputy procureur was, therefore, the first magistrate of Marseille, when one morning his door opened and Monsieur Morel was announced. Anyone else would have hastened to receive him, but Villefort was a man of ability, and he knew this would be a sign of weakness. He made Morel wait in the antechamber, although he had no one with him, for the simple reason that the king's procureur always makes one wait, and after passing a quarter of an hour in reading the papers, he ordered Monsieur Morel to be admitted. Morel expected Villefort would be dejected. He found him as he had found him six weeks before, calm, firm, and full of that glacial politeness 
that most insurmountable barrier which separates the well-bred from the vulgar man. He had entered Villefort's office, expecting that the magistrate would tremble at the sight of him. On the contrary, he felt a cold shudder all over him, when he saw Villefort sitting there with his elbows on his desk and his head leaning on his hand. He stopped at the door. Villefort gazed at him as if he had some difficulty in recognizing him. Then, after a brief interval, during which the honest Chiponne turned his hat in his hand, "'Monsieur Morel, I believe,' said Villefort. "'Yes, sir.' "'Come nearer,' said the magistrate, with a patronizing wave of the hand, "'and tell me to what circumstance I owe the honour of this visit.' "'Do you not guess, monsieur?' asked Morel. "'Not in the least. But if I can serve you in any way, I shall be delighted.' "'Everything depends on you.' "'Explain yourself, pray.' Monsieur, said Morel, recovering his assurance as he proceeded, do you recollect that a few days before the landing of His Majesty the Emperor, I came to intercede for a young man, the mate of my ship, who was accused of being concerned in correspondence with the island of Elba? What was the other day a crime is today a title to favor. You then served Louis the Sixteenth, and you did not show any favor. It was your duty. Today you serve Napoleon, and you ought to protect him. It is equally your duty. I come, therefore, to ask what has become of him. Villefort, by a strong effort, sought to control himself. What is his name? said he. Tell me his name. 